Hey, welcome to Trains Live, the Trains.com podcast. Do you like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a Trains.com unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute, not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of Trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive railroading news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more, all about trains. Hey, we are all geared up to talk about Heislers and Climaxes and Shea locomotives here on Trains Live. No, listen. Mr. Bob hasn't slipped a tooth on his gear. This is a conversation about geared locomotives. You know what? They are they're small. And they're definitely unusual, and when you see one, man, you just got to look at it. We're talking about geared locomotives, Shays, Heisler, Climax locomotives. They were an integral part of the logging industry, the mining industry here in the U.S., and they really have got a neat little story all of their own. And speaking of stories, this is where I'm going to bring in our guest for today, Kevin Gilliam from our video services department is with us. Kevin, hello, how you doing today? Good, Bob, how are you? Not bad, not bad. We've had Kevin on, on Trains Live here before. Um, quick refresher, Kevin, we stationed him all the way out in North Carolina. A lot of neat activity going on in the East Coast, and Kevin is, is covering that and capturing video and also working on a number of projects. And his latest project that he is beginning to work on is a new video in the Great American Steam Locomotive series. Yep, this one is on geared locomotives. And Kevin, I'm, uh, you're, you're kind of right at the beginning of the project, yes? We're, we're right at the beginning. Basically, we thought about it, we were doing articulatives. If you technically push this out to the level, um, geared locomotives are kind of articulated, which was the last engine in the series, but we said, you know, that's really stretching the boundaries of what an articulated <laughs> cover. So let's, let's just do this. Let's just do this on their own. You know, the geared engines, they're cool. They're neat. There's really nothing else like them. So let's just, let's just make it their own video. So that's okay. kind of where we're at. There we go. Another one in the series, and, and it'll be a, an in-depth look at this particular type um, of locomotive. And I'll tell you what, I think before we get too far into it, um, let's, let's take a step back, and I'm sure a lot of our viewers know what geared locomotives are. In fact, you know, it's kind of one of those, those niches in the rail enthusiast world that, you know, people like big boy and articulated locomotives, and people like interurban. So there are those that also are, are very enthused about geared locomotives. So exactly what are they? And I've got on the, the workbench here today, uh, a couple of models. And if you look here, we have a HO scale model of a regular steam locomotive. And you can see up in the front, we have the, the valves and cylinders, the rods connecting to the driving wheels. 
That's how we get power on a regular steam locomotive, that reciprocating action that we, we all know and, and basically is kind of the, the common steam locomotive. Okay, let's jump over to the geared locomotives that we are talking about here. And one of those that I mentioned um, was a Climax. And if you notice on our model of the Climax here, here's our cylinders. There is some reciprocating action, but when we look at the bottom of the locomotive, we go into a gearbox and then there is a drive shaft that goes from that gearbox out to the trucks on each end that swivel very nicely. And that is how the power is delivered on these geared locomotives. It's not that reciprocating action through the rods to the wheels. No, this has got basically a drive shaft assembly like you might see on a road vehicle. And Kevin, I'm sure you can enlighten us further, but this really gives a, a very sure-footed locomotive, one that's able to go up some pretty steep grades, handle some pretty steep curves, which kind of was the characteristic of a lot of these logging railroads. Yeah, I mean, you basically think of a, think of a geared engine as kind of like the off-road version, the SUV. Now we're not talking about these, we're not talking about these new SUVs that'll simply jump over a curb to get to the parking space at the mall faster. These are the ones that are really designed to go off into the woods, bad tracks, steep grades, sharp curves, basically everything you don't want on a regular railroad. Now, so now you, you know, had to you had to make new stuff. You know, when you when you talk about though the off-road of locomotives, and I, I love that analogy. You know, some of these logging railroads, um, steep grades, 11%, uh, man, that, that is a steep, steep grade. Um, curves, incredibly sharp curves. Um, the other one that, that I, I really liked in, in learning about these is that, you know, there were some of the railroads that would take a, a full-size tree, once it's harvested, cut it longitudinally, and use the two halves as a bridge for the railroad. But... There was some that if the, the stream that they had to cross was shallow enough, they just laid the tracks right down in the water across the stream bed and you took your locomotive and forded the stream. I mean, let's go off-roading, man. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. I mean, you get into some of the stuff, they're using wooden rails. I mean, it's very, this is, you know, how, what's the cheapest way I can get rails in here to get the trees out? That's basically what it is. And, you know, any cost savings that you can think of, I mean, it's not going to be in here that long. Once you cut the trees down, it's going to take a while for them to grow back. So you're going to have to take your railroad somewhere else. So put it in, get the stuff, harvest everything, get it out, go somewhere else, do it again. Sure. Now, I want to spend a whole lot of money doing it. <laughs> yeah, that, that cuts down on, the, on, the, on that profit margin on the end there. So... Logging railroads, in your research for the upcoming video, um, where have you found them? I mean, is this, a, is this kind of a pocket in certain parts of the country, or where, where are we talking logging railroads? It, it's pockets, but it's more than that. I mean, you find them a lot in the mountains, um, but basically what you have to do is you have to find trees. If you could find trees, <laughs> you could probably find a logging railroad. You get out in the you know, the Midwest and the West where, or, you know, parts of the Southwest where it's flat and, you know, no trees, you're not going to find many logging railroads there. So, but 
you know, even, you know, South Carolina, Eastern North Carolina, Eastern Virginia, flat places, not where you'd expect to see logging railroads, but there were trees. They had to cut down the trees to build to make the towns. So you had logging railroads pushing in. Most of the stuff, now the big stuff, what you really want are big trees. You're not going to find big trees, especially on the East Coast. You're going to need good diameter trees to get viable logs out of them. What does that mean? It means you've got to go inland, you've got to go into the mountains. That's where your big trees are. So your pockets, your big pockets of logging were, there were some, you know, foothills, sandhills, you know, that type of thing. But a lot of your big stuff was in the mountains. That's where a lot of the logging was. So that's basically East Coast and West Coast. And they both had a couple of different challenges. Sure. You know, and, and I, I will do a little foreshadowing here when we get to Mr. Bob's railroad bookcase at the end. There's a, a book about logging railroads in South Carolina I want to want to show everybody. But you mentioned South Carolina and being one of those places. Um, at one point, South Carolina had 258 little logging railroads. Yeah, 258 just in in South Carolina. I mean that, you know that that it's it's an incredible number for a state that size. I think it also goes to show that you know Kevin, like you were saying, these logging railroads, it's it's in, it's harvest the timber, you know, it's get out. The railroad might be there for a few months, a few years. Um, that's it. Nothing, you know, nothing of permanence. You know, the other thing you mentioned about having to go where the timber is. And something that I, I thought was kind of interesting um, in, in reading a bit about these geared locomotives and especially the logging part, it, it seemed that logging in the U.S. took a progression just as the country developed, you know, from East Coast to West Coast. And that, you know, in the uh, 1800s, you know, the amount of lumber that was coming out of uh, the territory around Montana, Idaho, Washington, Oregon was a fraction of what it was by, say, you got when you got to the 1970s. Um, in fact, by the 1970s, and you talk about, you know, go west, young logger, um, by the 1970s, 41% of the timber harvested um, here in the U.S. came from the Pacific Northwest. And I'm sure as you're going to discover in, may, in producing the video, yeah, there was a lot of logging railroads out there. Those big, the big timber. <laughs> yeah, that's where you got the, the big trees. I mean, think of redwoods. Think of some of these huge trees that you find in California. Mm -hmm. That's where the big trees were. All the stuff on the East Coast by that point, anything big had been cut down or, it, or the other option is you've got something like the Great Smoky Mountains National Park where they decided to preserve what was left. So sure. you want big trees, you got to go west. That's there the only go. thing that was left. Go west, young lumberjack. You know, I, I'm sure that, and I, I want to kind of pose this question to you um, in producing the video, but, uh, you know, folks who, who like trains, there, you know, as we talked a, a few minutes ago, there seems to be a, uh, everyone has their, their niche. Everyone has their favorite. Um, why, why should someone take a step aside and take a look at geared locomotives. What, what's the appeal? What makes them so special? I think the, um, I mean, I remember a passage in a book uh, that was called West Virginia Logging Railroads by William E. Warden. And he said, you know, pre presume that you plopped, you found yourself 
you know, in the early 1900s and you show and you wake up and all of a sudden you're in West Virginia. You see this huge plume of smoke in the distance. So you think, OK, there's got to be something really heavy train, you know, moving, heading this way. But all of a sudden you hear this rapid fire exhaust sounding like a fast passenger train. And then you get this little thing coming at you at five, six miles an hour, swaying back and forth, looking like it's about to rattle itself to death, coming at, <laughs> hauling a load of logs at you. It's the strangest thing you've ever seen. I mean, people look at steam engines, and I think one of the big appeals is everything's visible. You can see what it's doing. It's not hidden behind a shroud like a diesel is. And for the, rock, for the logging engines, even more so, you know, you can see this stuff. You can see the gears turning. You can see the, you can see everything moving with it. That's sure, sure. where a lot of this is cool. And if you take take the number of steam locomotives that were built in the U.S., probably over 150,000, probably somewhere approaching 200,000. I don't exactly know the number. Now take the number of geared engines that were made, maybe. 4,000 plus or minus, but now look and see how many survive. They're disproportionately preserved compared to the other ones. There's a lot of them that survived very late in the game, and there's some good reasons for it. But there's a lot of these things that are still left. So if you go out and see steam engines, whether they're rod engines, whether they're you know, the geared engines, there's a lot of these logging engines that survived very, very late in the game, and they got to the point that they were able to be preserved. So your chances of actually being able to find one on display or operating, they're higher than just a normal steam engine. Is it, um, do you think it is just because of the fact that they were, uh, first off, there was such a small number of them built to begin with, but then when you think about it, they, they really kind of were hidden from uh, the the normal vantage point for seeing a steam locomotive. You know, we want to see, you, you know, you want to see the latest uh, Baltimore and Ohio fast passenger locomotive or, you know, uh, something from the Illinois Central or the Union Pacific. You know, in its day, you could just easily walk down to the station in town. These geared locomotives, unless there was a situation where uh, there was a, a sawmill in town, in the city where you lived, you had to go out into the forest, into the backwoods, uh, to see one of these things in operation. Um, weigh in on that. How does that figure in, in their popularity or in their familiarity with people or just, you know, our general knowledge about them? I think at the time, I think they were more hidden, but... At the same time, you got to think about this with the steam engines. You know, by when you get into the 1950s, you know, out of what was left of the logging stuff, there were certain pockets that were still going real strong into into the 1960s. So you go full scale, look at the country in general. You have diesels coming in at a rapid pace after World War II. Steam's going away real quick. People, you want to go see real steam working. Where you're going to have to go, you're going to have to go further off the beaten path. And some of these geared engines and the logging fields, that's one place you could go or take a random thing like the Graham County Railroad in North Carolina. They used geared engines just hauling, you know, 
regular, you know, mixed freight, you know, oil, okay. box cars, everything else coming in. Sure. So you get people making pilgrimage. They go further and further out of field trying to find what's left. And some of these engines were surviving. Graham County was operating steam. They missed being the last common carrier steam railroad in the U.S. by two weeks. <laughs> two weeks, okay. that's it. Jeez. So, All right. you know, if it had ended a little different, a Shea would have been the last common carrier steam locomotive operating in the U.S. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Now, you know, I, I think the other part with this, too, and, and something that I've, I've found interesting, and I want to see if you're seeing this in your research and filming, but, okay, logging industry. Again, it's kind of one of those uh, businesses that it takes place out in the woods. It's not something that we're seeing on a regular basis, but yet uh, we're looking at, you know, one little little block in the whole logging industry. And yet the whole business really is another thing that affects us every single day. I mean, when you think about all the products that are uh, made out of timber, you know, our, our, our furniture, our homes, our uh, paper uh, that we use, uh, you know, on and on and on and on. Um, how does someone put their mind around these geared locomotives in relation to the the bigger picture of the entire logging or mining industry that they they served it, it kind of seems like you got to have a little bit of understanding of of that whole picture to have these things make sense hey, let me give you two sides and i think this will kind of expand it at least in the east there was also a lot of tanning so you want to do production of leather that's coming from the logging industry okay and the other thing and I think this kind of brings everything full circle. So let's take us back to early 1900s. The Wright brothers are trying to build an airplane. They need wood to build the airplane. Where do they go? <laughs> they went past West Virginia of all places to get the wood to build the first airplane. Okay, and, and Cass of course being now um, a West Virginia state park, which has preserved the logging railroad, which uses geared locomotives to make the trip up Bald Knob, bring the timber back. So in other words, Kevin, are, we, are you telling me that we don't have an airplane if it's not for the railroads? That's about what I'm telling you. That's about what I had to build it out of something else. Wait a little bit. <laughs> that high-tech aluminum wasn't quite there in the early 1900s. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't there, and I don't know if you're going to make steel fly too well, you know. Yeah. I mean, you could have gone to the Pittsburgh steel industry for something, but, you know, I mean, think about you have entire towns, you know, you build... You're building houses, you're building industry. All this stuff is using wood to build as sure. the country's expanding west. So, you know, you're looking at literally the engines that transported the building blocks of America. Yeah, this isn't this, you know, when you, you, you talk about the railroads building America, we think about the transcontinental railroads and we think about moving passengers. And in this instance, as you're explaining it, this is the railroads helping an industry and with without them being woven together, they don't work. And without them working, yeah, there's so many things that we don't don't particularly have. Let me give you one more that I'm thinking about while I'm here. This ties everything in also. 
So you've got this. They these logging people. They they were pretty smart. They learned don't get rid of extra stuff. So you saw the logs. You get wood chips. What can you use wood chips for? Paper. Sure. So there you go. There's the paper industry mm -hmm. with all the stuff of how we preserve and preserve history, write down our history, teach people new stuff. Exactly. That comes directly from the logging industry. Sure, sure. And it took the trains to get the railroad, to get the logs to the mills to produce and so on and so forth. So have you, um, have you started filming for this, this video yet? Yeah, the filming's the filming's basic. The filming's basically already done. There's oh, okay, one wow. Or two, there's probably one or two interviews that we've uh, got to get actually on Cass specifically, sure. Cass Scenic Railroad, that type of thing. I want to get a little bit more interview stuff done there, but pretty much all the footage for the steam engines, that's all. That's all filmed. We were out. I was out in Western North Carolina yesterday at a place called the Cradle of Forestry. There's a good friend of mine named Jerry Ledford, who's a very knowledgeable person on the Eastern, especially the North Carolina area logging stuff. We needed someone who could talk about the East Coast and some of the particular challenges that were faced here. So went out and filmed that, got some good stuff out of that. So now it's headlong into uh, making scenes develop. And I think there's another interview that might've been filmed recently um, <laughs> With you, <laughs> yeah, there might be a guy that looks something like me that that might make it make it in just a little bit if I don't hit the cutting room floor. So that 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 actually <laughs> that actually leads me to my next question. All right, so as a videographer, what what was the coolest thing? What's the neatest thing that you saw in filming this that we should be looking for when we see the the final version? Well. Um... So this is this is probably the coolest thing. It's probably going to be the end uh, thing. You know, I think everyone that's even vaguely familiar with logging geared engines knows that West Virginia, the Cass Scenic Railroad, is now kind of the it's been the mecca for geared engines for a very very long time. So let's go back to the year 2020. Everyone shut down with COVID. No one knows what to do with all these places. So Cass, if you've ever been there. There's this huge long parking lot where all these, um, where all this lumber drying sheds and all this stuff used to be. They've now turned it into a huge parking lot so it can accommodate a whole lot of people with the tracks along the edge. Well, the cast said, you know, hey, we can't really run trains too much. This doesn't work too well. But what we can do is fire them up. So middle of the summer, but when basically the whole railroad tourist industry is shut down, Cass said, hey, we're going to put everything together, do some side-by-side -side stuff, and then couple them up and run them by everybody. And just we're just going to do this as a free thing just to get people out and maybe let them live just a little bit. So they coupled five engines together and ran them back and forth on the track, you know, maybe a 1,000, 1,500 feet of track between the depot and the shop where people could be outside and they could just watch this stuff go by. And I'll be honest, we like one engine. We like two. Three gets pretty, pretty rare. But five engines together, all blowing whistles, making noise. And these are, you know, they had a Climax running. They had four Shays. It was just absolutely amazing listening to all this with the whistles and everything going back and forth. 
You know, I, I think you, you, for me, you hit it on the head, the, the sound would, yeah. would have been just spectacular. The, 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 you know, reciprocating locomotives make one kind of a noise. These geared locomotives, as we talk, something completely different. And to hear that, the, the, the intricate little sounds, and if you could discern between the locomotives, I think that would have been even, even more, more interesting. So, okay, I'm gonna, I want to go out hunting geared locomotives. Where, where are you going to send me? Where should, I, where should I go take a look? Well, what part of the country do you want to start with? Give me your top three spots that I should hit. I think the top period is probably going to be the Cass Scenic Railroad in West Virginia. There's Cass and Durban, and they've now kind of combined the two operations. So there's now a river line and a mountain. But they, I think they're saying they may actually have six engines under steam for a parade of steam. They've got a high, they've got Shays, they've got a Climax, they've got a Heisler, which is um, undergoing a little bit of rebuild. I'm not sure if it's actually going to run this year or not. It's been it was a need of a little bit of work, but they're going to have six engines running there. That's that's a cool spot to go. Um, let's see, where can we do, um, if you want a spot on the West Coast, I'd say Roaring Camp and Big Trees. They're one of the oldest. They're in the California Redwoods. Perfect spot. They've been going forever. This is their big 60th anniversary this year, so that's a good spot. Um, Third one, gosh, I'm going to have to think about this. Normally, <laughs> if it, normally in the past, I would say it was Mount Rainier Scenic Railroad up sure. in Washington because they have a lot of stuff, but they kind of shut down during COVID. That was kind of the West Coast hot spot. Um, most of the other places, you're going to kind of get like one or two you know, one engine running here and there, but at least those for the those are definitely the top two. I think the third one I'd have to keep thinking about for a while. <laughs> All right, we'll have to check back with you on that one. Um, tell you what, before we head out today, we got to head over to the bookcase, uh, Mr. Bob's Railroad bookcase. Let me tell you what, this isn't just a bookcase. I could have brought the whole library along with me today. There are literally hundreds of books out there on logging railroads. Let me just give you a few examples, folks. We had mentioned earlier South Carolina. How about a book specifically on the logging railroads of South Carolina? Uh, this one by Tom Fetters. As you go through this book, there is detail on all the different little railroads, uh, good maps, uh, indicating where they were, uh, some nice pictures of the different equipment and the operations. Um, older book, folks. So this one is a definitely, it's a library uh, or head to your local museum or if there is a historical society in your area that had logging involvement, uh, that's where you're going to want to look for those. But South Carolina logging, logging railroads of South Carolina. We have, oh, we were just talking about the big trees and logging the redwoods, and yes, they were logged. And uh, the you know the pictures in this one um, out in California again, you know, some very neat pictures of the railroads and interaction with the waterways out there and the different railroads. Um, and you know, <laughs> you mentioned we mentioned some of those those structures. You know, how about the 
the spindly uh, trestle bridge there. Um, again, great pictures, great information, uh, specifically on logging in the Redwoods. Uh, again, an older book. Head for your library looking for this one. Um, one other one that is on the older shelf. Here we go. Kind of that general book of logging railroads in the West. And uh, you, can just, you can just tell by the graphics, older book. Um, but again, good information. Tons, oh. I'm not going across that trestle, folks. Sorry. You know, again, tons of good photographs, a lot of information about the locomotives and the operations, the logging camp on wheels, on rails. Um, so this also gives you um, some good background uh, as far as what, you know, what it was like in the logging industry itself. Now, these sorts of books, these are just examples and literally there are hundreds and hundreds of books like this um, perfect perfect example here in our library our Kalmbach library um, there is over 115 books just on logging railroads and the geared locomotives now there's three books I want to share with you that really are kind of the the in-depth look at these particular locomotives we have talked about Heisler locomotives and Benjamin Klein um, has a book completely detailing the Heisler locomotive and this is kind of one of my my little fun personal things the you, know, you look at the Heisler and the, uh, the the pistons the cylinders are in a V shape uh, under the boiler well you usually don't consider steam locomotives this way but you know you could get a v8 in your pickup truck we got a v2 here on our our steam locomotives but again a good look at just the heisler locomotive detailing how the gearing works um, you know history of the different companies that made the locomotives um, a complete in-depth look at just this particular one the heisler locomotive by benjamin klein Again, you're going to have to hit the library for this one. Bit of an older book. Probably the, the, the popular one, um, the, the reference, if you will. The Shea Locomotive, uh, Titans of the Timber by Michael Cook. Uh, Cook, again, deep dive into just the Shea Locomotive. The one thing that is neat about Cook's uh, book here is there are some very interesting color plates that talk about uh, or that illustrate uh, the Shea locomotives and just you know, kind of as an added bonus an older book kind of that that older uh, craftsmanship if you will the uh, the onion skin the flypaper protecting those colors they actually have it embossed in a spider web pattern uh, that has the caption on it that's kind of a an interesting strange little feature in an older book like this. Again, as I mentioned, older book, gonna have to hit the uh, the library or a museum for it, but if you're looking for Shea locomotive information, this is the one, this is the reference. And of course there was a third type of geared locomotive and that was the Climax and have just a beautiful book um, by Dennis Thompson, Richard Dunn and Steve Hoff uh, on the Climax locomotive and uh, again, photos of the locomotives talking about their development, um, where they were used, uh, how they were used. Um, 
the big timber involved uh, in all of this. So the Climax locomotive by Thompson, Dunn, and Hoff. Uh, those three are probably your big looks if you want the technical information uh, on the geared locomotives. So, Kevin Gilliam, our videographer for the next edition in the Great American Locomotive Series, Great Locomotive Steam, Great American Steam Locomotive Series. Got to get that in there. Uh, Kevin, okay, I, I hate to put you on the spot, but um, when are we going to be able to watch this? When are we going to be able to watch this good video here? <laughs> <laughs> well, my due date's early May, so it's actually going to be sooner than you think. So sometime this summer. There you go. So listen, folks, here's your first summer movie you got to put on that list. Great American Steam Locomotive Series Geared Locomotives. It will be available through KalmbachHobbyStore.com. KalmbachHobbyStore.com. Want to see you there shopping the aisles for videos, books, modeling products. KalmbachHobbyStore.com. Kevin, big thanks for being with us today. Good to chat with you as always. And I'm sure we will have more discussions as more of these neat projects uh, flow off of your editing bay. So thank you so much. Yep, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right. Hey, folks, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Trains Live. I want to see you on trains.com very soon. Plenty of new content, new things going on there just about every single day. And, of course, I really want to see you behind an issue of Trains Magazine as soon as we can. Do you like what you hear? Listen, check out this episode in video with a Trains.com Unlimited membership. Click the link in the episode notes and watch it today. Oh, wait a minute, not a member? Try our 30-day free trial of Trains.com, the ultimate online portal for anyone who loves trains of any size from any era. Trains.com, it's your home for the most comprehensive routing news and curated video series, articles, photos, and so much more all about trains.